Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk. I've been talking about um, the spirit of faith, and I guess we'll, well, we will tonight also talk about the spirit of faith. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Right. Amen. I like Wednesday nights. Hallelujah. That midweek feeding. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, the spirit of faith, I think it's about the third time I've been teaching this. So, I guess a good title for this is, What Are You Considering? What are you considering? other words, are you calling it like it is? And when I say, what are you considering, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what are you looking at? What, what are you thinking on? What's taking up your, your, your time and your thinking? What are, you, what are you glazing at, focusing on? See, the spirit of faith doesn't call it like it is. The spirit of faith calls those things that be not as though they were. In other words, the spirit of faith calls forth, regardless of what's going on. It calls forth based on the Word of God. When I was, um, of course, we all have stories growing up, but I grew up, my dad had a phrase. He said, he said, well, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. And so I picked that up, and that was, you know, that's a common thing for me to say. Well, that's the way it is. There's not a thing you're going to do about it. I caught myself the other day saying that. It is what it is. Towards government, as I was referring back to government and what they're doing. And I kind of stopped myself, and I, I corrected myself. I said, i got to stop saying that. It's a bunch of idle words, right? Not, they don't profit anything. They're non-productive. But, but if we operate in the spirit of faith, things are subject to change. Come on. That's where I love to talk about faith. Because no matter how bad it looks, no matter what's going on, it's subject to change. I don't have to just keep looking at the same. You know, obviously, the Bible says you're to speak to your mountain. But you're not to consider the mountain. You're not to get all wrapped up in the mountain and say, well, you know, I guess it is what it is. It's there. I guess it's not going to. See, that's not going to work, is it? And this, what I'm talking about is 101, faith 101, basically. But we have to, I have to remind myself to keep my focus, especially in these last days, because there are a lot of distractions, right? 
There's a lot of things that we can attach our focus on. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to, to be distracted and focus on what he's doing. What, what, what is he doing? He works in the sense realm, the sense arena, I'll call it. And if he can get, your, get you involved with your senses, what you feel, what you look, what you see, all those five senses, and get you away from the sixth sense, which is faith, I really believe Adam and Eve, before they fell, they operated in the, the, the force of faith, that sense. In other words, faith was dominant. It was the dominant force. The five senses were secondary. They were dominated by faith Amen. until they fell. And, but Jesus restored it. Hallelujah. Now we can allow faith to be dominant. In other words, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. That tells me if faith has a sight, faith can see. You may say, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. See it. Well, faith can see if you got the word. It's like the song they were singing. It's a light to my path. Hallelujah. It's, it gives illumination. Hallelujah. So, we're going to talk about that. Not, not allowing circumstances, not allowing things to exalt itself over the Word. We've been given the Word, saints. We've been given seed upon seed upon seed. And if we'll just keep our focus on the Word and not get sidetracked, get ourselves involved with the senses... Not allow the senses to override, to exalt itself. See, the Bible says to cast down imaginations, right? Casting down imaginations, arguments, anything that would try to exalt itself over the, over the knowledge of God. That's what the enemy is trying to do. Constantly trying to exalt itself over the Word of God. So, uh, Let's, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's, yeah, let's go to verse 7. <clears throat> but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. Now, this, this is some of the hardships that, that Paul had to go through. He said, we, this is New King James, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, we are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I think he went through a few things, right? Amen. Always caring about in the body, the dying of the, of, of the Lord Jesus, that the life, the Zoe life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we, verse 11, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life... That's the second time it's mentioned life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Now, now just hang on a minute. It's, 
All these things that Paul's went through. I have a question. How is he doing this? How is he constantly overcoming these issues of hardship, persecution? He is constantly overcoming. He gives us the answer. Oh, actually, it's two parts, but I'm going to stick to this one for right now. The main part is in verse 13. This is how he's overcoming, and this is how we're going to overcome too. Verse 13 gives us the answer. It says, And since we have the same, and since we have, say, I got it, it. the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Therefore, listen, the key to overcoming, the key to overcoming hardship, anything that's trying to take you down, He's giving you the key. I believe, in other words, faith has to be of the heart. In other words, you will have to know, I know this is, this is earth-breaking, you will have to know the Word. To believe the Word, you will have to know. It's, it's, the Bible says, well, I am not going to go there. You will have to know the Word. In other words, faith has to be of the heart, not the head. Well, I memorized several scriptures, brother. I know. Well, memorizing scripture is great, and that's where it starts, knowledge. But that knowledge has to be dropped down into the heart, right? It has to be of the heart. Number one. Number two, faith has to be in the mouth. So I believe with the heart. I speak with the mouth. In other words, the mouth is what's going to release the faith that's in your heart. There has to be a release. There has to be a mixing. It's not all just, you know, I don't... In other words, let me say this. The spirit of faith loves to talk. It loves to talk of God's Word. It loves to mix. Now, your flesh may not like it. Your flesh may say, well, you're, you're wasting your time. The saints... See, now... The Word always works. And the devil knows it. That seed that you hide in your heart is alive. The Word's alive. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. When you sow that Word in your heart, now that doesn't mean you're going to have an instant harvest. Right? When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, come on, it looked as if, when He cursed it, 
It looked as if nothing happened. You cannot go by what you're seeing. If you speak out of the heart, if you speak the spirit of faith out of the heart, through your mouth, you may not get instant results. But spiritually, it's happening. Actually, in Matthew's account, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, it said immediately that tree dried up. So what's he mean? Other words, it started at the root. Underneath. You couldn't see it, but the process has started. You may speak the word. You may not see the results, but the process has started. Other words, underneath, what you can't see, come on, things are happening. In Mark's account, it wasn't until what? The next day. Then Peter was surprised. But you, but Jesus' response was, actually his response he wasn't surprised because he expected what he said to, when he first spoke it. It was done as far as Jesus was concerned. As soon as those words left, it came out of his heart. As far as Jesus was concerned, it's done. Now the manifestation didn't show up to the next day. See, there's that time, right? That time, you know, you believe, when you pray, you believe that you received. And then you go through a, that time. In other words, you believe that you received, but there's a little bit of time until it shows up. It says, and you will have them. Have you ever watched that show? Twilight, the Twilight, was it Twilight? Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. Why the hell does that go? Do? Oh, anyway, it's been a long time. It's like, it's like, you know, you speak something, you believe that you received, and then you go through this time zone, the twilight zone. Nothing's happening, and you're waiting. Lord, where's it at? Am I the only one that's, that goes through that? Yeah. Everyone else has instant. I do have, I, there now and then, I, there is a, 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 uh, a suddenly, and I get a manifestation, a suddenly, but very unusual. Usually, I, it's going through the zone. And that's what we want to talk about, going through the zone. That's where a lot of Christians, they faint. They sowed the seed. They believed. They lose heart because they're looking at the wrong thing. They're, they're looking, trying to look for the manifestation, and they're forgetting about the spiritual side of it. And it's, it says it's done. Whenever I pray, I put that. I, I pray that I believe that I received. I put that 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 faith stake in the ground, 
and I, I believe that I received and I go on about my business, but I still got the word in my mouth. Amen. I still got the word in my mouth because I got to keep that word in my mouth even though I prayed for it yesterday. Today, I still speak in the same word. I'm not praying, quote, praying to God. I already released my faith, but I keep the word in my mouth. Amen. Amen. Now, look at this. Skip on down the, well, uh, verse, seven, verse 16. Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though the outward man perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding, exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now this is what I'm trying to get at. Once you pray and you believe that you received, you're going to, have to watch what you're looking at. While we do not look at the things which are seen, see, even though you don't see the manifestation, you don't give up. That, wor that word look, we do not look, also means in the Greek, if you look that up, it also means to consider. Actually, I got this written down. It says, uh, actually, in the Greek, and let me read this out of the Greek, verse 18. It says, it's kind of strange. It says, we not considering. That's not proper English in our standard. But in the Greek, it says, we not considering the things seen. In other words, and that word considering means to focus on, to think on, to take into account, to fix one's eyes on. In other words, we're not looking at the thing that is seen, right? It goes on to say, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. That's what we talked about, subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. While we look not. Other words, other words, we're not looking. We're not considering the things that are seen. There are some, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to look at what is seen, what's in the natural. He doesn't want you to look in it spiritually. Because spiritually, you take the word of God and you hide that seed in your heart and you allow that seed to take root and to develop and you release it with your words, it will come to pass. It will. There is no ifs and ends of it. It will come to pass. There will be a performance. But the enemy will do everything he can to exalt things, to exalt circumstances, to exalt persecution. That's what he's going through. Saints, we're not going through anything that Apostle Paul went through. We have got it made. And in a way, you got to kind of watch. David, King David, it was the success that got him in trouble. 
you have to watch this. When you get comfortable, when you think everything's good, and you, because what? You get comfortable and the flesh starts to relax. It says that David, he should have been there. He's in that season where the kings, they should have been, he should have been out to war, battle. But he stayed behind. You know the story. He was comfortable. He had other people fighting his battles. He had other people doing this. He stayed back. He's relaxed. He's comfortable. He's successful. He goes up in his balcony and he sees what? Bathsheba. You know the story. He shouldn't even be, he shouldn't even been there. In other words, success tripped him up. Success could... A lot of times when we're in a hard place, we're kind of forced to get before God. We're in a hard place. Man, God, I need you to break through. I need, I need this. And, I, and so we go on a fast. We do all these things because we're seeking God. We're in a hard place. But a lot of times when things get easy, everything's flowing good, we start to relax and you let your guard down. And you're doing things normally you don't do. Normally you'd be seeking God. But now everything's working out perfect. You've got to watch that. Saints, this, we, we are to walk this life. We're to walk this by faith. There is no relaxing here. The enemy's always watching. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 20. And Paul, Paul talks about this again. Acts chapter 20. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Now, this is what Paul's saying. This, you know, Paul had this attitude. You ever notice that he, he goes through these trials, he goes through this hardship, but yet his attitude. He has faith, faith has an attitude that it can go upstream, fighting a battle, and yet be bold as a lion about it. Man, this guy was bold about it. He wouldn't back down. Now, verse 24, it kind of gives us a little more insight what, how, he, how he took this on. Verse, Acts 20, verse 24, he says, But none of these things... What's he talking about things? He's talking about hardships. All these difficulties, adversities that he's going through. He says, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice what he said. None of these things moved me. In other words, I'm not, I'm not moving off my course. I have a destiny. The spirit of faith has a destiny. It'll take you where you need to be. If you'll just stick with it, it'll take you where you need to be. One, one, uh, and I mentioned this before, but he said the, 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 the supernatural, the door of the supernatural hangs or is on two hinges. 
Believing with the heart and speaking with the mouth. Those are the two hinges that opens up the supernatural door. And you go through those doors and you stay with it, it'll take you where you need to go. In other words, you've got the word in your mouth, you've got the word in your heart, and you're speaking it. And God will get you where you need to go. Hallelujah. He says, none of these things move me. And there's a word I want, I, I, it kind of popped out at me, and I, I kind of did a little study on it. He says, um, none of these, let's see, none of these things move, move me, nor do I count. That word count means to consider. In the Greek, if I got this, in the Greek, verse 24, it says, but I make account of none of these. In other words, he's saying, I don't. There's two things I do not consider. I don't consider these things that's coming against me, all these persecutions, everything that the enemy is trying to do to me, I don't consider it. I don't keep my focus on that. Number two, my life, I don't even consider it. In other words, Paul, Paul is dying to himself. Paul said, I die daily. It's not a one-time thing. No, you, we die daily. This flesh, if it has, it has this way, well, the body is the body. Flesh is the flesh. We got to deal with it. The old man is, is done away with. He's nailed to the cross. And we got the new nature on, in, on the inside of us. But the old man has left residue. Old habits, old way of thinking. Come on. We have to deal with it. It's called renewing of the mind. That's something we have to do, saints. It's something. It's one of the greatest needs. It probably is the greatest need for the body of Christ. I know Kenneth Hagin always just talked about that. The renewing of the mind. The mind renewing, renewing, renewing. Because the body, the body is the body. And we, it's the earth suit. And we got to deal with it. Your soul will go either with your spirit or go with your body. An unrenewed spirit will swing to the body. Now you got two to one. You got to renew the mind so the mind can swing to the spirit man. That's true. I know it's not exciting, but if you want to live a victorious life, you're going to, have to renew the mind. Your spirit man's ready to go, but the soul needs to be saved. The soul needs to be renewed. Until it's renewed, your spirit man won't be able to do what he wants to do. You have to renew the mind. You mean it's come down to that? <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, I count... I. 
But none of these things move me. That's we've got to get to the place where none of this stuff is moving us, nor do I consider, nor do I count myself, my life dear to myself. Why? So that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we all want to do, right? Hallelujah. Now, turn, now, now, Abraham had the same attitude. Turn with me to Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. I know it's not the, the most exciting message, but I'll tell you. What are you considering? What are you considering? Abraham had to go through the same process. Verse 17, verse, let's go to verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, there it is again, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, when if you if you remember back when God when God changed Abraham's Abram's name to Abraham, which Abraham means the father of many or the father of multitude. God promised Abraham, but it's been 25 years. Nothing's happened. So God changes His name. Other word, God, let's go on verse, let's just read it. I'm jumping ahead. Verse 17, as is written, in the presence of Him who He, who he believed, God, who gives life to, to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. So God calls those things that be not as though they were. So now he's got, he's going to have Abram call in the promise by changing his name. Other words, Abraham, I'm changing your name. Now, I want you to call forth the promise. Even though God's promised it, Abraham still has to get in agreement with God. Now, Pastor Chuck, now listen. Now, if God wants it, all he has to do is say, well, yeah, I know what you're saying, but he's not going to work against your will. He's not going to do a thing without you getting your will in agreement with his will. His will is His Word. If you're not in agreement with His Word, it's not happening. So God has to change. God ch changes His name. Now Abraham is speaking the promise. He's calling it. Well, here's the question. When God changed His name, 
Is he a father of many in the natural? Has anything changed in the natural? But spiritually, listen to me, it's changed. It just hasn't manifested yet. This is where a lot of people trip it up. They trip up. They don't see a change, so they, they lose heart because they're focused on or they're considering the natural. When Abraham speaks his name today, tomorrow, the next day, it's still the same. The Word, the Word, the Word. Other, what's he doing? Other words, by speaking the Word daily, what God is doing to Abraham is he's actually keeping faith in the present tense. Right? It's not like Abraham spoke his name one time a couple weeks ago. But he's speaking it the next day. In other words, it's present tense. Today. He gets up tomorrow. His name. People calling him Abraham. He's saying Abraham. In other words, it's in his mouth on a constant basis. In other words, faith is... Now, every day for Him. That's what that's going to be for you, for me. Speaking the Word not only renews the mind, not only is it renewing Abraham's mind, but it's keeping faith in the present tense. Now. It will show up. Now, now listen. Now, verse, in verse, I want to go to verse, well, 18, well, verse, and in verse 19, and not, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. That's the word consider again. What are you considering? Now, listen, listen to this. What if, Abraham would have considered his body. Think about that a minute. He says he considered not, but what if? Let me read on. He did not consider his he did not let's see, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not waver through unbelief because he did not consider his body. Other words, he would not allow his five senses to get involved. The guy's old. Sarah's old. But he wouldn't consider it. He's not denying it. But he wouldn't consider it. He wouldn't focus on it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take that into account. That's the reason why he's not in unbelief. His focus. But now I'm asking a question. What if? 
he would have considered his body. Now, this is what's going to happen. I tell you exactly what happened. If he would have considered his body, unbelief would have creeped in. Because the devil, the, our adversary, works through the senses. He wants you to look at the problem. He wants you to look at the obstacle. He wants you to look at it so that unbelief, that's where he works in that arena of the senses, that unbelief will start to creep in. It may not creep in all at once, huge. But you start looking at the problem on a constant basis. You're setting yourself up for a failure. Because before long, you start giving voice to it. Instead of, him call, instead, instead of Abraham calling himself Abraham, it'd be a whole other story now. Because unbelief is unbelief. It's a thief. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. Was it God's will that they didn't make it across to the promised land? A whole generation. It wasn't God's will. God's willing that no one perish, everyone come to repentance. God's not willing that any should perish. Are there people perishing? It's not God's will, but there are people perishing. You get an unbelief, God won't go against your will. You'll eat the fruit of it. Abraham considered not. See, death and life's in the power of the tongue. He kept saying his name and he refused to look at his body. He refused to think upon it. See, you think on something long enough, come on. It's a type of meditation. As a man thinketh, so is he. You think on something long enough, well, maybe I am too old. Maybe, and you know, Sarah's really, she's old. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe it's just, maybe I, maybe I misunderstood God. Maybe, see, doubt creeping in, unbelief starting to take over. It messes everything up. You got to keep focused. Whatever you're believing God for, keep your focus. Consider not nothing else other than the word. Amen. It's the word. You got to keep the word in front of you. It's got to be your focus. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus. That word looking means consider. Attentively. We're to look to Jesus, author and the finisher of our faith. Looking to Jesus. The Amplified Bible says, looking away all that would distract. You've got to look away from that and keep your focus. Consider not the issues, the problems of life. There's problems all the time. There's new problems tomorrow. There'll be problems all the time. But the Word never changes. It's constant. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never change. We keep our focus on the Word. Saints, you'll make it over to the other side. It never changes. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. You know, I mean, I've had, you know, over, I've been in this for quite a few years. I mean, it's a real long time, but I've been in it for since mid-90s or so. I mean, the true, the full gospel. And I, 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 t- I tell when I, when, I'm, when I start looking, when I start considering the problem, I start thinking about it. Thinking this type of meditation. And before you know it, I got the whole day gone. I'm thinking on it. I'm considering the problem. Then before you know it, I'm sleeping on it. I'm waking up with it. Ah, it's not doing me any good. It's not doing me any good. It actually, it's getting me into unbelief. It's doing more harm than good. Now I'm giving voice to the thing. You give voice to, to it, and like children of Israel, they gave voice to their unbelief, their rebellion. And God said, you're going to get the fruit. That's not God's will. You'll eat the fruit. You'll have what you say. It could be good. It could be bad. You'll have what you say eventually. Because what you say, you say it long enough, you'll believe it. You know, I'm not, I'm too old. I'm too old. I'm, eventually, I'm going to say, it's, I'm going to reach a point, and it's going to be, I guess I'm too old. Now, guess what? I get to eat the fruit. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're believing God for something big, a house or, or whatever it is, to be debt-free, whatever. You, you consider the wrong thing and you won't get it. You keep considering, I can't do that. I won't be able to do that. Who said that? Paul, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things. Amen. Turn with me to, to Luke chapter 1. I think it's chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're finished up here. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. Zacharias had issues. See, thank God that Abraham, Abraham did not call it like it, like he saw it or he didn't call it like it is. He called forth what he wanted. Zacharias, we're, kind of, we're just going to kind of jump into this. Zacharias, I say, I, say, I want to go to the verse 18. Now, of course, you know the story. Zacharias, um, let me just read verse 18. You there? Hallelujah. Luke 1.18, And Zacharias said to the angel, Of course, Zacharias, if you back up, um, let's see. At one time, Zacharias and Elizabeth believed for a child. But verse 18, it says, um, let's see here. 
Verse 13, okay. Verse 18, it says, Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced or well stricken in age or in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Now, the angel brought him the word. And the word was that he was going to have a son. But Zacharias said, how can this be? I am old. My wife is old. Kind of sound like Abraham, right? But Abraham considered not the issue. Considered not his own body. Zacharias is doing just the opposite. He is actually considering his body, his wife's body, over the Word of God. In verse 13, if you look at that, it says, uh, The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and his name will be John. So what happened? At one time, John believed God. He believed. Elizabeth believed. They prayed for a child. Now here comes the answer. But what happened? What happened between when they prayed and when the answer, when the angel starts speaking, speaking the answer, what happened in that time zone? Remember? When you pray, you believe that you received. Well, they prayed. It must have been in faith because the angel said that God heard. So they went through time and now all of a sudden they're not like they were when they first started. Now they're considering This can't be. In other words, they're allowing their circumstance, they're allowing their bodies, their senses to exalt itself over what the angel's saying. That can't be. How can it be? We're old. That can't be. Well, you believed when you believed back here, but now the answer's coming, and now you're saying you're too old. I'm too skinny, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too... That's nothing. Don't allow that to exalt itself over the Word of God. You stand in faith. You continue to speak the Word until it manifests. You keep calling. Now, let's look at Mary. Mary, she's, you know, they say she's around 16, 15, I don't know. But Mary, verse 18, um, let's see here. Verse 38, 
In verse 18, Zacharias said, now, now Mary gets to say something. Mary, who is highly favored of the Lord, she, the angel, let's back up, my goodness. Um, in verse 31, well, verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and his name shall be named, he, he shall be named Jesus. So Mary's making this short in verse 38. This is Mary's response. And Mary said, Behold, the, the maidservant of the Lord, the, this is her response, the saints, listen, this is our response. This is your response to the Word of God. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Now she had some questions, but the point I'm trying to make is she wouldn't consider anything else. She said, let it be unto me according to your word. Now that is so simple, but yet it is foundational. If we just respond to the word like that, Take God at His word. God's faithful. He's the one performing. He's the performer. We do our job and speak the word. The Bible says He watches over His word to perform it. There will be a performance because He's performing it. If we'll just stick with the word and not allow anything to exalt itself. Not circumstances, not our five senses, not allow anything to override what God says. It shall come to pass. It's not a hard thing for God. Everything that we need, everything we want, you have to know this, saints. Listen, all these things have already been done. They're done. Healing's done. Prosperity's done. We just, we just, we got to keep the word in our mouth and allow God to do His thing, which is to bring it to pass. Our job is to believe, therefore speak. That's what we do. God really made it pretty easy, but we have to contend with our flesh. We have to contend with our adversary. You know, when, when uh, um, when Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. You remember that? Mark chapter 4. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. In other words, Jesus gave them a seed, right? He gave them a promise. We're going over to the other side. Well, it, you think, well, okay. Smooth sailing. We got the word, right? 
smooth. Well, they get halfway across. You know the story, right? What shows up? A storm. The Bible called it a mega storm. That storm, I believe, was, is obviously sent from the, from the devil himself to stop them. So what does it, what, so God gave him the word. He gave them the authority. So Jesus goes to sleep and expects them to go to the other side. Well, the storm hits, and what does Peter say? He said, Lord, don't you care? Remember that? Don't you care we're about to perish? Well, what happened? Didn't Jesus give him the word? What's Peter, what, now, what is Peter considering? He's considering the storm over what Jesus said. He's allowing that storm to exalt itself over the word of God. Saints, they're going across, okay? Jesus said they're going across. But in Peter's mind, they're about to perish. That's how quick, if we don't keep our eyes focused, if Peter, if any of them would just would have, just would have stood up or at least say what Jesus said, we are crossing over to the other side. Jesus would have remained in a sleep mode and they would have made it if they just would have repeated what Jesus said simple so they woke Jesus up Jesus wakes up what did Jesus say well Jesus did not say well I'm glad you woke me up the boat's filling up I'm wet you should have woke me up a little bit sooner Jesus did not call it like it is. Jesus woke up and he began to call forth what he wanted. He already spoke the word, right? So he rebukes the wind and speaks to the sea, be still, and there's a great calm. Come on. In other words, Jesus called forth what he wanted. He would not allow the circumstances to override. See, the devil wants to override the word. He wants you to focus on something else that's not even, a lot of times, they're just minor things. But if you look at it long enough, what happens? They begin to magnify because you're looking at it all the time. And then you're trying to think of ways trying to solve it. And it's not, you need to get back on the Word, keep the Word in your mouth, keep it going 24-7. There is no vacation day. Well, I need a break. There is no break. I love to speak the Word. I don't know about you. I, I love the spirit of faith. I like to speak the word. When a circumstance come at, comes at me, you know, I'm not, I don't like to act like a deer with lights shining on, you know, like a deer in, you know, in a headlight type thing, you know, froze. You know, speak the word. 
you got to ask yourself, what does the Word say? I consider the Word. The Spirit of faith is in me. It's on me. I believe, therefore I speak. Saints, you got faith. you got the measure of faith on the inside of you. It's not just... Listen, here's the thing. And I said it before, I'll say it again. It's technically not your faith. I know, I know. We call it our faith, your faith, my faith. But it's really the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His faith. He's the author and the finisher. He calls it your faith, but it's from Him. That makes faith supernatural. It's not some weak force. It is the force of God. That's the reason why it just takes the little. It's just one word. One word caused Peter to walk on the water. One word. That's how powerful his faith is. And we got it. Like Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith. We got it. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Say, I got it. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.